Welcome to Crosslink Community Church Podcast, where we prize Jesus, make disciples, and love people well. We are so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe you will be more acquainted with the heartbeat of God through today's message. Uh, unfortunately, I want to welcome any guests that we have today. Um, it's, it's always a joy and a pleasure to have new visitors come into our church and to get to be loved on by our church family. So we want to say a special welcome and thank you uh, for being here today. And of course, unfortunately, I, I'm not our lead pastor. I'm Billy Lee. I get to be uh, the student's pastor here today. So you get the joy of coming in and being uh, getting, getting the B team, so to speak, here today as we are um, you know, celebrating the, the, the wedding that uh, Jeremy gets to go to and to preach at and, of course, the time that he gets to have with his family uh, of rest and restoration. So thankful for that. But all that being said, um, going into student ministry for the summer, God began to put on my heart this theme of joy. And it's something that God was really pressing in on me, not only to teach, but also he he was working on that within my own heart and my own life as well. And so today, what I wanted to do, and and you guys thought you were done with that Philippians sermon series that Jeremy apparently got done with last week, uh, but we're actually going to look at Philippians as well, because if you look within the book of Philippians, you see that theme of joy uh, being played out as well. Um, of course, I've got some other verses in Scripture that we'll look through as well. But, um, but it only makes sense, right, that God would take somebody that he, he wants to uh, utilize to teach on this subject, joy, but also be working that into their heart and their mind as well. So one, hey, you guys get a little piece of what the students are learning this year. But of course, this whole idea of joy is not something just for students, not for the teens, but it's for the whole church. It's for each and every person that walks through the doors that God wants to give us this joy. And so what we're going to do is kind of use what Jeremy started preaching on and, and talked about last week from Philippians as a springboard into diving a little deeper into joy and what that looks like. So you guys ready? Let's go for it. So easily in the book of Philippians, as I mentioned, there are references to this this joy, this rejoicing. And so a quick overview of times that joy and rejoicing are mentioned. In chapter 1, verse 4, Paul prays with joy. Chapter 1, verse 18, Paul rejoices that Christ is proclaimed among the people there in Philippi. Chapter 1, verse 25, he says he he will remain living on earth for the Philippians' joy in the faith. Chapter 2, verse 2, he asked the Philippians to complete his joy. Chapter 2, 17 and 18, Paul is glad and rejoices with the Philippians. Chapter 2, 28, sends Epaphroditus that the Philippians might rejoice. Chapter 2, 29, tells the Philippians to receive Epaphroditus with joy. Chapter 3, verse 1, tells the Philippians to rejoice in the Lord. Chapter 4, verse 1, tells the Philippians they are his joy. Chapter 4, verse 4, tells the Philippians twice, not just once, twice, to rejoice in the Lord. We're going to look at that verse here in a second. And then chapter 4, verse 10, he rejoiced in the Lord at the Philippians' concern for him. And I hope you guys have been blessed throughout this sermon series. It has been an awesome series to walk through, walking through this book of Philippians. And of course, seeing those instances of joy being made, uh, proclaimed, and, and that call to joy and to rejoicing. Um, and I just encourage you, if you weren't here for every single sermon, every single one was awesome. 
um, go back and listen through and you'll see, of course, and be blessed um, by what God has done and taught through this series. So what we've been doing with our students is, and they're probably growing and they're like, Billy, you already talked about some of this stuff already, man. Why you got to do it again? Okay, well, we've already covered it. Well, it's to get everybody up to speed, of course, but what we've been doing is in a discussion format, just asking some basic questions about this joy. Um, and sometimes we will read scripture and we'll just kind of fly through it and we just assume, right, right off the top of our head, hey, you know, God said this and I just kind of got it, so I move on to the next thing. And you kind of get, don't, don't, don't really dive deep as much as uh, we really need to and God wants us to. So we've been asking basic questions about this joy. The first one is, what is this joy? Right. Uh, second one I'm going to ask is, how do I get it? And to conclude things today, we're going to ask, why does God give us this joy? But first off, what is this joy? And again, last week, Jeremy hit on the foundation that I want to springboard from uh, with Philippians 4 and verse 4, where Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Jeremy highlighted that this joy that God gives is an eternal joy. That as we go into the world, there's going to be opportunities and things that the world's going to throw at us that are going to provide some temporal joy, something that might last for a little while, but eventually dies off. The, the, the joy from it just, just goes away, and then you're left wanting and needing something else to fulfill that joy. But what God offers is an eternal joy that carries us into eternity. With him, and I thought about that recently as I was as I was uh, working. If you don't know, hey, I my full time job is uh, a juice salesman. I sell juice to and, and beverages to uh, convenience stores, carry out drive throughs, Kroger stores, and uh, get the joy of of, of doing that. Um, and it's an awesome opportunity. But recently, and in the sphere of this temporary joy that the world offers, I was reflecting on. All of the products that are just thrown out at people that really preys on a desire of the human heart that just, it, it's almost like chasing a feeling, right? And, and I reflected on my own life and how many times I've been chasing a feeling. And, and these products and these things that are offered, they go after that. And they, they want you to buy this thing and they might have a marketing program that really just tries to hook bait and, and get you right in. But it, it, it's all, and, and I tell people all the time, if people, if it'll sell, people will make it, right? But from these products, of course, it's, it's just something, something small, something that's temporal. The adrenaline rush from a Red Bull, the buzz from alcohol, the taste of our favorite candy bar, it not only fills our bellies, but it's there to provide a good feeling come out of it, right? Like, I want this because it makes me feel this way. But God didn't intend for our joy, the joy that he provides. He didn't intend for the joy that he wants to give us to be that way. So what then is this joy that God gives? Well, a couple components to it. One, we acknowledge it is a good emotion, right? It is something that God gives us that, that, that it has a feeling to it. God is not a God that just wants robots walking around thinking, oh, just do, do, do. Uh, but he wants us to to have, you know, a good feeling, a good emotion out of it. What's kind of you know, acknowledged with that is, hey, it's not under our immediate control. 
right? So for example, you go camping in the woods, you're in your tent, you wake up in the middle of the night, you hear a little bit of rustling, you hear a little bit of growling, you hear what is a bear outside of your tent. Now for the same people in the room, what's your immediate reaction? Fear. And it's not like your brain said, oh, it's a bear, I should feel scared, let me, let me, let me feel scared right now, right? Like we, it's an immediate fear that comes over you. Now for the insane people, we are, are like, hey, let's get out there and let's wrestle this thing, right? That was some of the responses I got some of the students. So I pray for you moms and your boys and how they just really, they might get a little bit from me. I'll, I'll help them with it. So, But it's a good emotion, um, but not always under our control. Second component is that it's in the soul, right? So it's, it's something that not our body is producing. Now, again, deep within our souls, as, as, as God produces this joy in us, it, it wants to come out. You think of uh, tears of joy, right? Or if you're like me, uh, I've been accused of having too much energy in the morning sometimes and being too happy. And I, I give that, that glory to God that he, he gives me this joy that makes me want to get out, get after it. Um, not necessarily all the time just for the work that I might be doing, um, but a lot of times because I want to connect with people, want to love on them, want to help them. Um, and it's all done within that heart that wants to serve and honor God with my life. So it's in the soul, something that God uh, brings about as well. And then third component, it's produced by the Holy Spirit. And I'll tap into that here in a second. But what I want us to see is that the joy that God gives is rooted in himself. He created joy. I think sometimes we gloss over that fact as well, that, hey, we look at creation, we look how he formed us and made us, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, all those things. And we look at the physical, but we forget, hey, he also created the emotions that we get to experience. And why would he create good emotions like this? Oh, because he himself embodies and his characteristics and his nature lives out joy. And he wants us to experience that as well. It's also important to see that there's a connection to his sovereignty. He is God. He is the creator of all things. He is in full control. He has every aspect from the hair to your head. He counts your tears like he knows every jot and tittle, every little detail of each and every person's life. And he is overseeing everything from start to finish. And why that's important, him being the most powerful being, period, and having full insight and control over history of man and lives of each of us um, because he is sovereign, we can go to him in prayer and know that he can do something about what's going on in our lives, even if it is that he just needs to change our hearts. And sometimes that's, that's where I find myself. Hey, God, um, here's the circumstances, here's the situations. Uh, can you please change them? And then he's like, hey, no, nah, we, we need to change your heart a little bit. Let's, let's change your perspective. Let's change how you're seeing this thing and allow me to kind of help you see this thing in a different way and change your heart through the situation. Also, because God is a good father, we can trust his hands and his heart with our lives, right? So acknowledging his sovereignty, acknowledging he is good to us and wants to love us, helps us trust in him, helps us to have that desire to know him and be known by him. This joy he gives is meant to get us to a place where we are completely satisfied in Him. 
Everything else the world offers will totally fail because we will see the infinite worth of knowing and being known by Jesus Christ, the Savior and King. All right, second up, this, this sounds pretty good, right? This joy, this thing that, you know, God gives us that wants to, he wants to, to, us to have and to experience and to be able to pour out into our own lives. Um, it's, it's great. Sounds wonderful. How do I get it? And of course, the quick answer is give your life to Jesus. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. You know, giving my life to Jesus, that, that's that, no brainer. Hey, God, Jesus, you saved me from sin and from death. You take, saved me from hell. I get to go to heaven and be with you forever. You promise this joy thing. Like, yeah, of course, that moment of salvation, that giving your life to Jesus, of course, it, that should make me joyful, right? But it seems like this joy we're talking about dives a little bit deeper. You're saying it's in the soul. You're saying it's produced by the Holy Spirit. What's, what's that all about? How do I get there? How, how does that come about? Well, let's do some deep dive investigation into some of the scriptures and see how this joy comes about. So we're going to dive back into John 14, verses 25 through 26, where Jesus is speaking to the disciples. Uh, and this is before he goes to the cross. He says, these things I've spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Again, as I mentioned, the joy that God gives is Holy Spirit produced. The Holy Spirit through the word of God, as we look into what Jesus did and he lived out this life, this ministry, and of course going to the cross for us, the Holy Spirit is working through us hearing the word preached, through us reading scripture on our own in our personal Bible studies or Bible studies we have in our groups. He is working in and, and helping us to see and, and have an affection for Jesus in those times that he's revealing Jesus to us. Now, although a lot of times you can have somebody read the Bible, right, and, and they have this head knowledge. They come out of reading the Bible and are like, hey, I acknowledge the Bible says Jesus did this and he did that and these things happen and yada, yada, but they don't necessarily have that heart change. And so it's in that space where the Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus to, to us and to people and drawing us in to the saving grace of God through the work of Jesus that Jesus or that the Holy Spirit is revealing Jesus to us in a way and creating an affection for Jesus that brings about and produces this joy. And not only in the word, but as we look into the world, you know, Colossians speaks into how Jesus, uh, everything was made by, through, and for him. So when we look at creation, we see, hey, that's the handiwork of Jesus in creation and how beautiful the landscapes are and how awesome the sunsets and sunrises are. And I know a lot of you are ready to get to the beach because it's summer and, and the beach is awesome and beautiful too. Um, so we look at creation and see the handiwork of Jesus and, our, and the Holy Spirit works in that affection for Jesus and how he has uh, worked out the world, but also how Jesus is currently working in the world in the sense of what he's doing in the hearts and lives of people. You see, we look to testimonies. We look to see how God is using people uh, in, in their lives. And we see the joy that they have from what God is doing. And we'll tap into that a little bit more too. But just the Holy Spirit revealing those things to us and growing this affection for Jesus, growing this joy for Jesus as we are living out our lives. Okay, Holy Spirit sent to us, reveals these things. 
But how does the joy get in me, you might be asking. Let's look at some more scriptures and dive in a little bit more. So Romans 8, 9 makes the point that you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. And then in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? Okay, so Holy Spirit. You're talking a lot of Holy Spirit here to Billy. What, what's going on here? What's the connection to the joy? Like he's, he's given it to us, but how is he giving it to us, right? Okay, he's dwelling in us, but how is that working out into joy in my life just because God gives us his Holy Spirit? Galatians 5, 22 through 23 gives the answer I'm getting at. So there Paul tells the Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I'm going to skip one. So you see it there. The fruit of the Spirit working in us, dwelling in us, is going to produce this joy that we're getting at. Just like we have the giving garden out here, right? And physically we can see that, hey, yeah, that seed was planted in the earth. And, you know, I, I'm not a gardener at all. <laughs> so you could plant a seed and I, I have no idea what it's going to produce. I have no, no idea what that vegetation or that fruit's going to come up until it comes up, right? And so God in sending the Holy Spirit in us wants to, of course, teach us and remind us of what Jesus has done, but also to produce in us these fruits of the Spirit that are going to well up and come out eventually. And one of them is this joy. But can we be honest? It's not always easy to live that out. It's not always easy uh, to see that produced in my own life. And can we be honest that we have all probably experiences, uh, experienced those churches and, and people who say they are Christians who are gloomy and doldrum and not showing any kind of this joy. And so I want to encourage us here this morning to get into that space where these aspects, this joy that is, again, at the soul level that the Holy Spirit is trying to produce in you, get into that space where you are able to yield to him and allow him to build those things in you and allow that to come out, to overflow out of your heart and out of your life into seeing joy lived out in your life. Third question we want to ask. Why? Why does God give us this joy? And for you history buffs, I'm going to tap into the, uh, the catechism. Westminster Catechism asks that question and it answers it in this way. It says, what is the chief end of man? And the chief end of man is to know God and to enjoy him forever. See, God gives us his joy because he wants us to enjoy him. Hmm. He wants to have that relationship with us and that heart connection that just, it's, it's an enjoyment. Being a father myself, I have no greater joy in the lives of my kids. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful getting to do, you know, go out and play ball with them and to do all those things that they enjoy doing and seeing the joy on their faces, having, you know, the kids party and everything. It's, it's wonderful. And I love doing those things with them. But the greatest joy I have in the life of my kids is when we get to have those heart-to-heart -heart connections and really just 
connect at that level and, and allow joy to kind of flow through that to their despising how much I actually ask them, hey, what's, what's going on in your heart today? What's happening? You know, I kind of annoy them a little bit because I always want to check up on them and make sure they feel that they have that space to, to tell me what's going on and I can help them uh, grow through whatever is going on. Why does God give us this joy? Another answer, hey, God wants us to share this joy within the church. Reading from Psalm 43, 4, Psalmist says, then I will go to the altar of God, to a place of worship, a place of just meeting with God and connecting with him, to God my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. So singing, worship, however God wants to meet us in that space, that is the altar. And, and that's, that's here. That's here within this building, within this confines, uh, meeting together. And then Romans 12, 15, Paul tells Romans there, rejoice with those who who rejoice. And again, we're called to rejoice, even commanded to. If you read back in Philippians 4, 4, hey, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We should be a rejoicing people. That joy within us should be uh, coming out in the form of rejoicing and how that looks. And we're called to come and to do that together. So in our rejoicing, we, um, we attract and we draw people into, into a spirit of rejoicing and draw him into God, draw people into God's presence. Second uh, Timothy one four, Paul speaking to Timothy, who was like a spiritual son to him, says, "Hey, I love to see you, that I may be filled with joy." Doesn't this place feel different when we're all in this space and we're filled with this kind of joy? I think we can agree. It just just is an aura. There's there's a spirit of joy flowing through, and it's just it's freeing. It casts away some of the things that are kind of, you know, trying to pull us back and keep us from enjoying the space and being with God and just allows, again, his spirit to flow freely and through us to where joy just abounds all the more. Here are some other ways we share joy with one another within the church. Uh, we've already mentioned some singing together, working together, praying together, growing God's kingdom together, eating together studying God's word together, encouraging one another, loving one another, supporting one another. And of course, God invites us to do all of these things together with rejoicing, with joy. God wants us also to share his joy in the world. And that's why we do things like this kids' summer kickoff party, right? We want the world, we want our community, here specifically in Grove City, to know our neighbors and their families, to know that we're here and that we want to love on them and that God loves them and wants to love on them and provide a space that they can encounter and experience his joy. But looking at 1 Thessalonians 1, 6 through 8, Paul talks to the church there and says, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from, from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but also your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. See, elsewhere in the Bible, we are given commands to go and share the gospel with those who are, are perishing. 
And Jesus himself said, hey, the fields are ripe with harvest. I just need laborers to go out and to preach this good news to them. Uh, shares a parable of a good sower that is throwing out seed and talks about the different seed and how they produce crops and some to, to salvation, essentially. And God wants us to go and to take this joy and let that be the fuel for us going out into the world and to loving on people, his joy in us, his joy produced by the Holy Spirit uh, to go out and to be his witnesses uh, for his kingdom to come, his will be done again. God gives us joy that is overwhelming and inexpressible so that we want everyone around us to know this joy like we do, to know this loving God like we do. Think to your personal relationship with the Lord and how sweet that is. Think again to the times that you've encountered his presence and you did not want to leave. There's just something about that that God is welling within us that should want to make us want everybody we know to have that experience. And also knowing that it's God's will and his desire for his kingdom to grow and that there are people outside of these walls that he is beckoning and he is calling and he wants to use us to reach them for himself. So next thing, um, why does God give us joy? Well, there's the hard part. God knows the sorrows of life. And I know Jeremy has preached on that through this series in Philippians and how the sorrows of life are going to come at each and every one of us, how each and every one of us, if we're not going through a season of of, of trial, of, of some sort of pain, that eventually we all will. But we have full assurance that God knows about those trials. God knows about the sorrows of life. Look into Hebrews 12, verse 2, where it reads that, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of, of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. See, in Isaiah, um, Jesus is described as a man of sorrows, and that going through the cross, he, he became well acquainted with the sorrows that we all face. He experienced the um, being abandoned. He experienced and felt the, the full vent of sin on him, and just everything that we could ever experience, he, he has felt that with us, or on himself. And despite all that, he continued to see that the joy that was before him, the joy that was to come on the other side of going to the cross on our behalf was worth it. The joy of the being obedient to the Father and doing his will was something that he was willing to, to step into and willing to, to grind through and to, to do to put himself in that space and make himself available for that. Like waves crashing on the shore, Jesus made this point when he told, told the parable of a, ha- a man who built his house on the sand versus a man who built his house on the rock, right? The waves came, the storms came, and the man that built his house on the sand, that house was wiped out, washed away, it was destroyed. But the man who built his house on the rock, that rock being Christ, our Savior, that house stood. And in preparation for this, and listen to his sermon where they pastor made the point, says, stars of life, they're like those waves. They're going to come, and they're going to keep coming, and they're going to keep coming. They're going to try to do everything they can to bring you down, to destroy your house, 
destroy your foundation. But if your foundation is Christ, the rock will stand. It will remain unmoved. And it's an encouragement knowing that, man, life's hard. But God is well acquainted and he knows all the things that we're going to go through. Um, I was reminded, you know, how when we encounter these, these sorrows in life that we're not alone in them in the sense that Jesus is right beside us, crying out, even on our behalf to the Father, asking for strength, asking for uh, what's needed and direction in the middle of those trials, in the middle of those sorrows, um, to continue to move forward. And James and Peter, later in their, their letters, they even make good points. Like, hey, you can have joy even in the trials of life because it's going to produce a faith out of it that is going to, it's going to tie you and anchor you to Christ even more in a way that, and having been through some of the things that I've been through, I know that I would never have experienced the grace of God in the ways that I did unless I had gone through some of the trials and things that I've dealt with that he's dealt with for me. So I pray that you have experienced God in that way, that you, going through what what you have gone through, um, have been able to experience the Holy Spirit's just presence and calm and peace and even his joy work within your soul through those times as you live out this life. And what's even more beautiful, again, we come to why does God give us this joy? Why, do we, why are we called to rejoice with those who rejoice? And the second part of that verse is weep with those who weep. So we, within this body, are called to come into each other's lives and to come alongside one another. You've got a body of believers, a, a family here that wants to come alongside you in the middle of, of whatever's going on. We want to celebrate with you, but we also want to come into those spaces where we can pray with you, where we can walk with you through times of deep hurt and sorrow. And of course, again, look to Jesus. What does he want us to do? What does he want you to do? And how can we help and encourage you through those? And then last, as I conclude on this this topic of why God gives us this joy. God wants us to complete his joy. What? How is God giving me this joy, going to complete some kind of, kind of joy? What, what's going on there? Well, looking back in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, Paul says there, so, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being full accord of full accord, ah, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Could it be that the joy Paul wants to see completed is the same joy? that Jesus wants to see completed? Could it be that when we unite together in joy for the purpose of building his kingdom here in Grove City, that we make his joy complete? Also understanding that the full final completion, the penultimate completion of this joy 
that he is calling us to, this process that's going through, is finally realized when we're all in heaven one day, seated around the throne with the angels singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And what a beautiful sight that's going to be when all again, all these sorrows, all this, the struggles of life that we've ever faced, they're going to be completely gone. Our dealing with sin, completely gone. And we're able to be there and just to see his face, to look in his eyes and to love him, to adore him, to give him everything of us. His joy is magnified in and through his church when we are united together, when we're loving one another, supporting one another, and carrying out the mission of his kingdom together. And what we're going to do next is enter into a space of reflection and of continued worship as Sierra is going to play a song to reflect on what we're, we're talking about today, this joy, um, this rejoicing that we're called to. Um, and just reminded too that Again, we're commanded to rejoice, right? And it's interesting to think through, okay, I'm commanded to rejoice, but hey, what? I can't produce that joy. Like, how does that work? But it's beautiful and it's a reminder that the things that God calls us to, he equips us to be able to do them. Not our own, but him beside us, him walking with us, him with his spirit inside of us, working through us. And so maybe today it's that, that time and that space that you get to just kneel before him and, and pray and just meet with him in that, that space where you can say, hey, God, uh, I, want, I want more of this joy. I want, I want you to, uh, to enter in and I want to be yielded to you in such a way that you're able to work that more freely in my heart and in my life. And again, ultimately, the goal seeing him glorified in our lives individually and us united together in him in such a way that people come and they see and they experience crosslink, whether here or out there. And it becomes a, hey, I know them and I see their joy. And that's something that I celebrate. That is something I, I want to be a part of maybe, or hey, I just even just even in the reputation sense. And sometimes I already think like, hey, do we have the reputation of being the table church already? You know, the church that doesn't sit in you know, rows and everything, they're just sitting at tables. That's, that's weird, that's different. Um, but alongside that, is it that our, the, the way our community even sees us? Do, we, do they see that we are a people full of joy, a people full of seeking after the heart of God? and just wanting to see our community loved on in such a beautiful, beautiful way. Um, and so as we enter this time, uh, as we enter to this worship, uh, I just want to remind you guys, hey, you have the opportunity. There's going to be people on either side of the stage where if you have anything you want to pray over with somebody, uh, there'll be somebody there to pray with you. Um, if you want to come again to the altar and to uh, pour out your rejoicing, pour out your prayers and your requests, uh, the whole space is open for that. Even if it's uh, going to somebody across the room and finding them because you know, hey, um, I need them to pray with me for whatever reason. Um, I pray that you guys feel the, the freedom to do that and, and have that freedom of worship and meeting with the Lord here in this time and this space. So what I want to do is invite everybody to stand with me and I will pray 
And as I conclude in prayer, we'll enter into that, that worship. Father God, we're so thankful of what Christ has done on our behalf. We're thankful that, Father, you sent the Holy Spirit as we have, if we give our lives to you, you, you don't leave us alone. You don't leave us as orphans. You draw us into not just your kingdom, but your family. And I'm so thankful that you don't leave us alone in the sense of you send your Holy Spirit to dwell with us, to teach us, to be our guide, to guide us through the scriptures and guide us through this life and help us to see this joy that you have for us, this peace that you have for us, this love that you have for us. That you didn't create us as just mindless, emotionless robots, that you created us for the capacity of joy and of emotion, of, of connecting with you on that level. Indeed, you, you call us to, to love you with our whole being, God. And our emotions are not absent from that. So we pray, God, here today that as your word's been, been taught, that, God, you're continuing to draw your people to yourself, that you continue to draw hearts that need encouragement, that need comfort, that you meet them in that space, that you, you meet us here today in this space and bring us that. Holy Spirit, work that in us and pour it out. God, give us that direction of where you want us to pour it out and how you want us to pour it out, how you want us to love you and to love others. I pray that this joy within this church family continue to grow. I pray that that rejoice with those who rejoice. I pray that continue to grow, God, that we be able to look to you and what you have done and to celebrate those things together in the lives of each other and seeing your mission and your kingdom Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time and this space again. Be with us here and now. It's in Christ's name we pray. Thank you for listening to Crosslink Community Church Podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.crosslinkchurch.com or join us in person on Sunday mornings at 1020 a.m. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a single message and share with a friend. Thank you again for listening.